Trust. Trust is a funny thing, is it not? It's one of those sayings. I've, look, I didn't come up with any of this. This is sayings as old as time. Trust is earned. Once it's lost, it's not easily gained back. I mean, look, if you've ever dated a woman or a man, you know it's easy to fall in love, right? Get infatuated. Oh, it's a pretty girl over there. I love her eyes. She's got a great laugh. It takes a while to learn to trust her, doesn't it? It takes time. And once it's gone, once she tells you she won't borrow your truck, but then she borrows your truck and puts a scratch in the side of it, it's not easily earned back. No, I don't have any scars from an earlier relationship at all. No, I'm, I'm serious. But trust, trust is a funny thing. And part of living in a society, however, the, whatever the size, whether it's a small tribe somewhere in the Australian outback or a major nation like ours, there has to be a trust with the citizens and the people who lead their culture. And we have cultural leaders. Cultures are, are built on various pillars, and those pillars hold up the society. They lead the society. And we are in a contract. We really are. You can call it a social contract, probably an overused term, but we are. And the social contract is simply this. Look, you provide us with protection. You provide us with some level of honesty we, in turn, will pay our taxes, will follow the law. We're, the, we're, we're under a contract here. I trust you will do so, such things. What do we do after we've been lied to for so long? And I know it's not exactly news, governments lying to people. Governments have done that since the dawn of man. It's not even news, the American government lying to people. That's what governments do. But sustained, massive lies... Massive lies that cost lives, that cost livelihoods. How are you and I supposed to unpack that? How are we supposed to unpack the country we have now? We have a nation where we can't trust it anymore. And that, that doesn't give me any pleasure to say that. I, I mean, can't trust the FBI? You know, set that aside because that's controversial anyway. You can't trust the CDC, the, the Center for Disease Control. I don't know about you. I've always thought of the CDC as a, this team of doctors out there just trying to figure out which diseases are out there, what might come if it gets here, how do we treat it? Just, just a bunch, you know, bunch of nerds and lab coats somewhere keeping it safe. Now we can't even trust the CDC. Can't trust the FDA. Can't trust. Half the doctors, certainly not the ones you see on TV. Who can we trust? What do we do now? What do we do now when the president of the United States of America campaigns on shutting down the virus? I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'll shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. What a stupid thing to campaign on anyway. And I could point out right now that coronavirus cases are through the roof and more people have died from coronavirus under Joe Biden. But I'm not even going to do that for you. What a stupid thing to campaign on. Shut down a virus. You're running to be president. You're not uh, some drug out there. You're going to shut down anything. The president doesn't even have the power to do that. 
Lies, nothing but lies. Shut down the virus. I'll shut down the virus. But speaking of lies, there seems to be, of all the COVID lies that have been told, there seems to be one that people have hung on to and they don't seem to want to let it go. Because I want you to, before I play this for you, I want you to think about something. I want you to really think about this. What is the point of a vaccine mandate? At the office, maybe maybe you work for an employer, vaccine mandate. Everyone has to be vaccinated. What are they saying with that? Well, they're saying vaccinated people obviously don't spread coronavirus. Otherwise, there'd be no point in a vaccine mandate. If vaccinated people get coronavirus and vaccinated people spread coronavirus, then there's no purpose in having a vaccine mandate because it doesn't slow the spread or stop the spread, right? The, the, the whole point of a mandate would be making sure the vaccine or making sure the virus doesn't spread anymore. But vaccinated people do spread the virus. Vaccinated people do get the virus. And to this day, people like the president of the United States of America will say things like this. And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? Okay, this is where politicians will start using words like, well, may have been a little bit off. I was shading the truth there. That's a flat-out lie. What he just said is a flat-out lie. That's the President of the United States of America looking you right in the eye on camera and lying. That's a factual lie. And don't even get me started on Dr. Fauci. I mean, a lot of people have forgotten about this. Do you remember what Dr. Fauci said in the very beginning about face masks? Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. That's funny. When's the last time you were in an airport? When's the last time you were in a blue area of any kind? Blue city, blue state. Everyone has them on. Even the kids, everyone has them on. Weird. But again, lie after lie after lie. Fauci can't help himself. Fauci's still out there peddling this really odd lie. Remember in the very beginning when they told us the the thing came from a a, a bowl of bat soup in a wet market somewhere? And then we all kind of laughed that off. We thought, okay, well, that's ridiculous. Fauci's still out there pushing it. Beijing acknowledges now that they don't think it originated in that market. Well, it may not have originated in the market, um, but it certainly could have. Well, there were clusters that may have been picked up and transmitted, as I yeah. understand it, through the market, yeah. but yeah. The, the place of origin was not within the market itself. No, I don't think you could say that. I think you could say we don't know how and where it originated. Yeah, we do. We know it came from the lab. We know it was probably man-made. One thing we do know for an absolute fact is once China found out they had it, 
They stopped domestic air travel and allowed international air travel to places like the United States of America. We know. Stop lying. Stop with the lies. Stop with the lies about kids. We talk all the time about how kids have suffered and kids are suffering from this and kids are falling behind in school and having mental health problems and all these things. We've been lying about the risk for kids throughout this entire thing, and Randy Weingarten is still out there lying every single chance she gets. In terms of vaccines, I think what Gavin Newsom did in California is really the best model, which is that the semester after they are they go from emergency use to full authorization and the FDA has done everything that they need to do. That's what California has said. That is the semester that they become mandatory. But And you right support now, that nationally? And, I, and, and I, I personally support that. The union hasn't taken a position on that. Why but not? Personally, I support that. And, you know, because we haven't, you know, our California Federation has and they support it. And, you know, generally, I believe that we will take that position and support. Again, why a mandatory vaccination if vaccinated people can spread coronavirus? Hmm. But remember, part of the reason you've been so waterboarded with lies for the last two years is because anyone who tells the truth has been silenced. You remember, I already played for you some stuff from Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of the mRNA, the inventor of it. This is the expert's expert. He went out there and he had some very difficult things to say. He got censored for it. He got banned. The the whole episode got banned from YouTube, Joe Rogan's show. His social media accounts were banned. Part of the reason we've been drowning in lies is because anyone with the courage to speak the truth like this gets silenced from basically European intellectual inquiry into what the heck happened in Germany in the 20s and 30s. You know, very intelligent, highly educated population, and they went barking mad. Um, and how did that happen? Um, the answer is mass formation psychosis. When you have a society that has become decoupled from each other and has free-floating anxiety and a sense that things don't make sense, we can't understand it, and then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis, they literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. And one of the aspects of that phenomena is the people that they identify as their leaders, the ones typically that come in and say, you have this pain and I can solve it for you, I and I alone, okay, can fix this problem for you, okay, then they will lead, they will follow that person through, it doesn't matter whether they lie to them or whatever. The data are irrelevant. And furthermore, anybody who questions that narrative is to be immediately attacked. They are the other. <clears throat> this is central to mass formation psychosis. And this is what has happened. We had all those conditions. If you remember back before 2019, everybody was complaining, the world doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we're all isolated from each other. We're all on our little tools. We're not connected socially anymore, except through social media. Um, and then this thing happened, and everybody focused on it. That is how mass formation psychosis happens, and that is what's happened here. Boy, that hit home, didn't it? That sounded familiar. Trust. You, an American, me, an American. How will you ever trust again? when all these people have lied to you for so long now. 
we got a great show for you tonight. we got Phil Kirpin joining us next. He's got some stuff to say about trust and how we were lied to time and time again. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We'll be back. Oh, do you remember last year? Uh, do you remember last year? I, I'm sure you do remember last year. I remember there were lots of us. And joining me now is my friend Phil Kirpin, president of the American president of American Commitment. I remember when they were starting to say every single person out there, Phil, who dies with coronavirus died from coronavirus. It was one of the very early things they started saying. And there were about five of us who said, okay, uh, the coronavirus obviously is real, but are they dying from it or are they dying with it? Because those are two very different things. And then I started hearing from nurses and doctors and friends of mine saying, hey, I work at a hospital. I'm telling you, they're testing everyone about a half dozen times till they pop positive for it and saying they die from coronavirus. Do you remember this conversation we were all having, Phil? I do. And, and Jesse, actually, that was before the FEMA death benefit was created. Remember that you can get $9,000 from FEMA if COVID appears anywhere on the death certificate. And so we've got a lot of sympathetic medical examiners and a lot of families that are grieving because someone just died and they say, you know, I can get you $9,000 if I write this on here. And so the incentives are really to maximize anytime you can remotely justify it to put COVID somewhere on there. And so we've got this count, this 800,000 death count, that is, if you read the fine print, COVID-associated deaths. And yet, when people talk about it, they act as if they're causative. And of course, we know many of them are not. Phil, we've seen a lot of the experts, and boy, has that term just been way, way abused and pretty much trashed at this point in time. We've seen a lot of the experts, especially in recent weeks, coming out and saying the things that, well, you were saying very early on. Here was Dr. Fauci going on TV saying, hey, there's a big difference of, of, of width, and not, here he is. If you look at the children who are hospitalized, many of them are hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. And what we mean by that, if a child goes in the hospital, they automatically get tested for COVID and they get counted as a COVID hospitalized individual. When in fact, they may go in for a broken leg or appendicitis or something like that. So it's overcounting the number of children who are quote hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. Phil, there's been a lot of that recently, in recent weeks, them coming around and saying things that people like you were saying from the beginning. My question is not specifically what he just said there, but why? Why are they, why are we just now hearing mainstream sites say, hey, you should probably lose weight if you're obese, it's going to hurt you. Why are we hearing Dr. Fauci say things like that? Why the shift now? Why do they all sound like Phil Kirpin all of a sudden? Well, Jesse, first of all, it was it is incredible to see Fauci say that after all summer long, they were pretending every child hospitalization in the South was because of, you know, evil, bad COVID behavior and that they deserved it and all this kind of stuff. When we knew that it was because of a very large out of season RSV wave that was filling the hospitals and they would never say it, they would never admit it, they would never report it. Now, when you have children's hospitals filling up in the North, 
they say, oh, wait, no, it's because of the way we do the data. It's inaccurate. Uh, after spending the whole summer smearing and attacking the South for precisely the same issue. Look, and I think fundamentally that's why they're coming around on so many of these issues, because, you know, when you have a Southern wave, it's very easy to say it's bad behavior, it's not enough vaccination, it's bad policies from these governors we don't like. But when the extremely vaccinated, extremely masked, extremely vax passported North has record case numbers and record hospitalizations, then you need to actually explain what's deceptive about those numbers and make excuses for it because the alternative is admitting that all the policies that you've been pushing are actually ineffective and they don't want to do that. And so they're finally at least uh, admitting that a lot of the data is inaccurate. Phil, are we finally at the place where politicians, they're going to start worrying about paying a political price? Because let's be honest, up to this point in time, they have not. I mean, Gavin Newsom wins his recall. Obviously, still a Democratic mayor of New York City. There's in race after race after race, they haven't really paid a political advice or price for it. People point out Virginia that was an education thing. That was not a COVID thing. Yeah. Are they starting to finally get nervous? I think that COVID was an aspect of the education backlash in Virginia. You're right; it was a lot broader than that. But certainly, the fact that schools were closed as long as they were was a lot of the reason that parents were so angry. And I also think. You know, the Zoom school is how parents found out a lot of the insane critical race theory and other things yeah. that were going on because they could look over their kid's shoulder and it was sort of like, wait a second, what's been going on in the classroom? So I don't think it was unrelated. I think it was sort of one of the ingredients in that. But the race that I really point to that I think is a re remarkable evidence that there is a very strong political COVID backlash is in South Jersey, where the state Senate president, Steve Sweeney, who was, you know, unbeatable, bulletproof as recently as a couple of cycles ago when millions and millions of dollars were spent against him. Uh, he lost to a guy named Edward Doerr, who's a truck driver, spent about 150 bucks in the primary and two grand in the general. And his whole thing was how crazy the COVID lockdowns were and that nobody stood up to the governor and that Sweeney should have. And so, yeah, the governor's race came up a little short, which was especially disappointing given how bad that governor's been. Uh, but the South Jersey backlash was huge. School board races all over the country uh, were huge. And, you know, I do think that we're going to see a lot of follow-on. Uh, there are a lot more places, obviously, that have elections this year than last year because it's an odd-numbered year. And, you know, look, obviously there's some places where it's going to be very hard for them to do what they probably need to do to end the COVID craziness, which is probably elect Republicans. I mean, it's hard. New York City's probably not going to do it. A lot of other places are probably just don't have it in them, given how far left they are. But, you know, you've got a lot of places in the center and even pretty far and maybe halfway to New York City in terms of, you know, kind of left wing on the spectrum that are going to have backlash and that are going to elect Republicans because you got people who are lifelong liberals tearing their hair out saying, when, when does this all end? When does this all end other than doing the unthinkable and electing Republicans? And so I do think there's going to be a lot of political backlash if these guys don't sort of straighten themselves out. And I think Democrats know that, Jesse. That's why you have someone like the governor of Colorado, Jared Polis, who's differentiating himself from other Democrats by basically saying, look, if you're vaccinated, you've done everything you can do, go back to normal life. We're not going to shut things down, lock things down, close schools or mandate anything else at this point. And frankly, he's put himself into the Democratic presidential discussion just by doing that, in my opinion. So I think even on the left, there a lot of people are reaching their breaking point with all of this. Phil, there were a lot of COVID lies. Obviously, that's what I'm doing my entire show on right now, the COVID lies that were told. But honestly, maybe the big one for me 
was what they said when they were trying to get everyone to take the vaccine of once you get the vaccine, you will not get coronavirus, you will not spread coronavirus. Here's a little riff from the very own Rachel Maddow. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. Phil, I'm actually not just picking on Rachel Maddow for once. That was the word. That was the official word that was put out from source after source after source after source. Now, how could so many supposedly smart people get something so wrong? Well, I think it was the triumph of wishful thinking over evidence because the vaccine trials themselves didn't even look at this question. They didn't look at the transmission effect at all. They looked at symptomatic disease, and that was the standard that they used in order to get their authorizations. And so to make these promises and these claims that were never even tested in the trials um, was, I think, you know, it, it, you know, the non-cynical explanation is they were wrong. They wanted to believe it. They hoped it would be true, and it wasn't true. The cynical explanation is they were willing to say anything to promote this thing. And and so, you know, I think depending on the day, I might come down on either side of that. But the bottom line is uh, the vaccine was vastly overpromised in what it could accomplish. And you know, I think that 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 led to a lot of sort of cognitive dissonance among a lot of people. I mean, you know, and, and also I think it made the summer really, really outrageous in retrospect because you had all of these national media figures smearing and attacking these southern states, including, by the way, Florida, which had a very high vaccination rate, but they just lied and said, oh, they must not have much vaccine because they're having this bad COVID wave. And it turned out that mass vaccination does not prevent waves at all, as we're now seeing in the north. About that. Phil Kirpin, thank you so much for giving us some time, man. Appreciate you. My pleasure. Have a good one. All right. We'll be back. Joining me now is Dr. Omar Hamada. He is an MD, former Lieutenant Colonel, U.S. Army as well. Dr. With COVID and from COVID, it seems like about 15 minutes into this pandemic, some of us were saying, okay, well, are people dying from it or are they dying with it? And all that was dismissed as if it was ridiculous. And look, you're the doctor. I'm an idiot. Is that normal for a disease? Well, it's not normal for, for uh, the disease, for any disease, really. And actually, that's been a question that we've been trying to address since the very beginning of this pandemic two years ago. You know, has it been... Uh, with COVID or from COVID. Initially, even anyone with COVID or even suspected COVID before we had the tests and before we were able to prove whether or not someone had it, uh, the assumptions were being made that just because they might even have COVID, they were being listed as dying from COVID. Um, Many of us are pushing back against that because it's not accurate and it's misleading and it uh, scares people needlessly. Although I will say- We have- I will say go ahead, it is go ahead. a real disease and it causes real death, as we all know. And it's serious when uh, it tends to cause bad disease. Uh, but it's not as uh, widespread as I think we were initially led to believe, you know, with, with you know, 20% people dying from it. I think it's right now the number's about 1%. 
We have New York's Governor Kathy Hochul coming out and essentially saying what people like you have been saying from the beginning. Here she is. We talk about the hospitalizations. I have always wondered, when we're looking at the hospitalizations, the people testing positive in a hospital, is that person in the hospital because of COVID? Or did they show up there and are routinely tested and showing positive and they may have been asymptomatic or even just had the sniffles? Someone is in a car accident, they go to the emergency room, they test positive for COVID while they're there. They're not there being treated for COVID. Doctor, you mentioned it's real. Obviously, that's something we all know by this point in time. It's a real nasty little bug, from what I understand, especially lost a taste and whatnot. But who is at risk for it? Because we've, we've locked kids in their homes, normal, healthy adults in their homes. There, people seem to say this thing attacks obese people. It attacks elderly people, especially those with comorbidities. But who, who's at risk for this thing? Do I need to worry? I think we all need to worry at some level, but I wouldn't live in fear because I think everyone is at risk and we really don't know exactly based on genetics. But the ones at most risk are the elderly, those with respiratory comorbidities like COPD or emphysema or asthma, those with diabetes, those who are overweight, not just overweight, but I'd say obese. Um, so all those people are at increased risk. However, there are many healthy people who do get it and suffer severely from it. Um, there are others uh, you know, friends of mine who are otherwise healthy who have uh, significantly been impaired or even died from it. Um, but they are at less, at much less risk than those other groups that I previously mentioned. Doctor, it seemed very early on as if panic was what was being pushed out there instead of solutions out there. I, I, now, again, I'm not a doctor. People were bringing up other forms of treatment. Anyone who brought up uh, sunshine and exercise was shouted down. It, why do you think that happened? It was very bizarre. I, st I Still, when I think about it, I thought it was the most bizarre thing how any potential treatment was shot down, getting healthier was shot down. It was just go home and hide and be scared. Right. You know, Jesse, that's a great question, and it, it makes me wonder as well. And th what I come down on really is that there's probably some ulterior motive and agenda that we all don't still that we still all don't realize yet. Um, we think about it and we conspire about it, but there's got to be something there that's not very clear. But it seems like there's something socially destructive that somebody is trying to advance. But secondly. Um, I think, you know, it's been politicized, heavily politicized, and depending on where you lean politically or what your preferences are, seems to determine where you come down with regards to interpreting the science. And I don't think either fringe, either side of the, you know, either fringe is going to really come down with real good science. I think the science is going to be somewhere in the middle where it's a real disease, it's something we should worry about, but we shouldn't isolate, we shouldn't shut down. Masks of limited benefit. Immunizations help, but it's not the end-all be-all because they're a little leaky. Uh, but we should be able to try some of these um, different treatments, some of these alternative treatments that haven't been disproven, but what we know is they don't, they don't cause harm. So why not try them and see if there is some benefit? Many people have found benefit. How about that? So I don't know why we're being shut down with How about that. Speaking of science, this is President Joe Biden saying this. There's no excuse. No excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. This continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. 
Pandemic of the unvaccinated. I hear that line a lot. I hear it from the president. I now hear it from other world leaders. Pandemic of the unvaccinated. Doctor, is this a pandemic of the unvaccinated? No, it's pandemic of everyone. Those who've been vaccinated are still able to, to acquire the virus and get ill from it and transmit it. Not to the same levels as those who aren't vaccinated, but it shouldn't be uh, a mandate. It should be a choice based on a person's desires and their health and what they want to put into their bodies. And we should have the other alternative treatments available to us if we don't want to get vaccinated. Doctor, finally, natural immunity. I mean, I, I hate to bring up a word that, that is apparently not in, not in fashion anymore, but natural immunity, what is it? Why don't we talk about it? Can you explain, please, for those who don't know? Sure, natural immunity is just the way our body reacts to uh, diseases. And it's much more robust than what we can gain from even an immunization. For example, those two mRNA vaccines, the Pfizer and Moderna, uh, they're formed against that single spike protein in the coronavirus coat on the outside. But they don't include the other three proteins in the coat, the membrane protein, the envelope protein, the nucleocapsid protein that holds the virus's RNA. But our uh, internal defenses, when it sees that virus itself, it's going to react against all those. So our natural immunity is much more robust, much more longer lasting, forms memory T cells and B cells and plasma cells that hide even in the bone marrow. And the immunization doesn't do that to that extent. It provides antibody response, but not so much of a robust, complete immune system response as natural immunity does. Doctor, what's the worst COVID lie you've seen? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I think probably the worst is that even those who've had COVID who have natural immunity need the full immunization profile, including boosters. I think that's the worst because if you have natural immunity from, natu from, from naturally acquiring the disease and fighting it, you don't need the immunization. Doctor, thank you so much for making us smarter tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks, appreciate it, Jesse. Michael Sanger joins us next to talk about something we're not supposed to bring up with COVID, China. Hang on. Joining me now is Michael Sanger. He's the author of Snake Oil, How Xi Jinping Shut Down the World. And actually, Michael, that's where we're going to go first and foremost here. There's so much talk about COVID now, right? I mean, it's, it's every single news story. 90% of the news stories, COVID this and vaccines that and COVID, COVID, COVID. And yet China hardly ever comes up. And I, I feel like China should be a bigger deal, don't you? Absolutely. And it's really, you know, it's the elephant in the room with everything they say about COVID. Because the entire overarching narrative that, you know, what really sets us apart, this virus apart in the minds of the public, in the minds of policymakers, is that you have this super virus, A, um, that can be controlled, B, um, and that, it, it, that's what they think is different about this from ordinary respiratory viruses, cold viruses, flu viruses, and that entire narrative, all of that comes back to what we were told by China in the very beginning of this crisis back in January and February of 2020. They said that, you know, they had all those fake videos coming out of China, um, that you had this super virus that apparently people were just falling down the streets, which, which of course never happened anywhere else in the world. 
they set this narrative of a super virus. And they said, you can control that because we had this lockdown in Wuhan. And through, of course, through that two month lockdown of Wuhan, you know, they eliminated this virus from all of China through all these strict totalitarian measures. That entire narrative that you have the super virus, which is unique because it can be controlled through human behavior by importing these totalitarian policies, all of that comes from China. So even though China is, you know, um, <laughs> conspicuously absent from all of these discussions about COVID, which, you know, like you said, are, you know, half the news on an even day, it's always there in the subtext. It's always the elephant in the room. Whenever people argue for more of these restrictions, you know, you ask them, where are they getting this idea that this will work? If you dig down enough, you ask them a couple of questions and dig into their thinking, it always comes back to China. I mean, you know, this entire idea of a true lockdown, more restrictions, it always comes back to China. Michael, what do we believe about China and where specifically the virus came from in China? Because I'm old enough to remember they were trying to tell us it came from a bowl of bat soup. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that was the original story. The original party line coming out of China was this idea that it came from, you know, a wet market. And you had uh, pangolins. And of course, you know, because Chinese people um, like to eat, you know, weird stuff. This is, you know, the Chinese Communist Party itself telling us this, that, uh, um, that, you know, created this virus that came out of one of their wet markets where they sell exotic, exotic animals to eat. I mean, that is absolutely ludicrous, but that is the original line. Now, of course, around that same time, people immediately started, they came up with this idea that, okay, well, they're locking down Wuhan, who ha happens to be the, uh, the site of, you know, one of China's top um, virology labs, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So, of course, you know, around January or February, rumors start circulating that, you know, it might have come out of this lab, this lab leak. But, of course, the official party line coming out of China was, oh, no, it didn't leak out of our lab. They've stuck by that. And, um, you know, the Western elite media immediately adopted that party line, saying that, oh, no, it couldn't have come out of that lab. You know, the CCP is saying it couldn't have come out of that lab, and we trust the CCP. So um, we're going to censor anybody who says otherwise. And so... You have this back and forth that's happened ever since for a couple of years that, oh, you know, no, it's a super virus that came out of this wet market. No, it's a super virus that came out of this lab. Um, of course, that is unresolved. But what we know now is there's plenty of evidence to say that this virus is actually circulating around Asia and even around the Western world um, early in 2019 for, you know, nearly a year before the events of Wuhan. So Wuhan's lockdown came after this virus had already been circulating for nearly a year all around the world. And we're expected to believe that they eliminated this virus from all of China. That is the big lie here. I don't know if we're ever going to get to the bottom of where this virus actually came from, but really it could have come from anywhere in Asia. It just started circulating around. Wuhan is where we happen to hear about it first because that's the city that Xi Jinping shut down. And we're expected to believe that through his godlike powers, uh, you know, he was able to lock down and weld everybody in with his power that, you know, he was able to eliminate this virus from all of China by doing that. Um, so that is the real absurdity here. Um, you know, the back and forth about the source of this virus, it really only further reinforces the idea that it's a super virus that may have come from a lab or maybe it came from a pangolin or whatever, but it's not really a super virus. It was circulating a long time before that. Now, if we think this virus was floating around Europe and Asia in 2019, there clearly weren't any lockdown measures, no face masks, no vaccines, no nothing. Why didn't we lose all of Europe? Why wasn't this Black Plague <laughs> Part 2? Correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, because it's not a super virus. 
because those whatever deaths did happen from this uh, coronavirus that was circulating around the world in 2019, you know, it simply got lumped in as ordinary respiratory virus deaths, as ordinary flu deaths and ordinary cold deaths. And this was this occurred because they really don't in countries that don't implement these restrictions. Not only are the restrictions not effective, but when countries don't implement them, they don't even see any excess deaths. Um, any large amount of excess deaths over what they saw in prior years because this virus just simply is not extraordinarily dangerous. Now, it did become a dominant strain of respiratory virus. So there's that kernel of truth in there that a coronavirus became a sort of dominant strain of respiratory virus around 2019-2020. So they wrapped it in that kernel of truth. But the idea that this is super virus is simply a lie. It was a lie that became so ingrained in the discourse of the entire world around 2020 through those fake videos through some of these corrupt scientists and uh, leaders who keep insisting that it's a super virus. You know, that's the only official line among governments. It became so ingrained in the elite narrative that, you know, it underlies all discourse about this virus, but it simply is not. The official infection fatality rate of the virus has been adopted by the government of the United Kingdom. Um, that's been, you know, uh, explored within peer-reviewed papers by the world-leading scientists, uh, John Ioannidis, the most, uh, most cited physician in the world, the infection fatality rate of this virus is around 0.1%. 0.1%. So for all that's across all age groups. The average chance of dying of this virus is 1 in 1,000. That includes the elderly. That's simply the average for all age groups. That's essentially just like a normal flu. And we know that. That is a hard and fast fact. Um, so all this discourse about this being a super virus is simply wrong because we know the infection fatality rate of this virus is absolutely 0.1%. It cannot possibly be anything else. That is just an absolute fact. And um, so all this emotional, you know, hysteria and um, this hysterical discourse that you're hearing about this virus is just wrong because the virus simply is not a super virus. It's simply not that deadly. It's just not, you know, exceptional. Um, Michael, you wrote the book Snake Oil and how Xi Jinping wrote, uh, shut down the world, but why did he shut down the world? So it goes back to his entire vision. He comes from a very hawkish circle within the Chinese Communist Party. You know, his father was one of the original leaders within Mao's revolution. And within this circle, this very hawkish circle, um, his rise to power is essentially kind of a coup. You know, he is, you know, now the dictator of China. He rules with absolute power. He's the most powerful leader in China with it since Mao Zedong, who is one of the most ruthless tyrants of the um, 20th century, who Xi Jinping admires. But he believes that capitalism and communism cannot coexist in the long term, that one of these systems is going to have to disappear in the fairly near future. And of course, he sees himself as the representative of the communist system. So he pictures the world's future as being communist. Now, you know, as everyone is aware, since COVID-19 first appeared, the world has been importing these essentially totalitarian policies from China, starting with lockdowns, and you have mask mandates, and you have vaccine mandates. All of these are just sort of these egregious human rights abuses that are justified by this emergency, this idea of a supervirus. Where did that idea of a supervirus justifying the state of emergency come from? Obviously, it came from China. The information we were getting from China with uh, you know, the fake videos of people falling dead, the idea that this had like a 4% fatality rate, which is, you know, um, what, like 40 times higher than what it actually is. You know, 
this virus is just completely normal. They spun this entire propaganda campaign around it. And based on that, the entire Western world has been importing all of these totalitarian policies and suddenly starting to look a lot like China. You know, people are getting forced to get vaccines. Oh. If they don't, they can lose their jobs. They can lose their rights. Uh, we have masks on children. Now schools are forcing kids or, you know, highly recommending kids for N95 masks. And it's just it's, the insanity grows by the day. It's one step back, one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, N95 masks are not made to be worn for one time by anyone. There are hazards. Uh, you need specific training to wear them. And now, you know, some schools within major blue cities are talking about putting them on four-year-olds and six-year-olds. I mean, this is terrifying. Michael Sanger, the book is Snake Oil. Thank you so much, my brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jesse. Coming up next, we got final thoughts. Hang on. We are entering a different era now. It's going to be an era different than the one you grew up in, no matter how old you are. One different than your parents grew up and then your grandparents, and this is what I mean. We're entering an era where the communists both American communists and Chinese communists, they control vast quantities of everything your eyes see and your ears hear. They simply do. We're entering an era where you're going to have to accept none of what you see is real. Everything they tell you is a lie. They lie and then they lie about the lies and then they lie about lying about the lies and then they'll tell you an idiot for asking for, they'll tell you you're an idiot for asking for the truth. These people lie all the time, and they're lying not just to lie, they're lying with a purpose. They're lying because they attack your way of life, not just with COVID, with everything they are. They are coming after you and everything you believe, and that's a fact. It's going to be an adjustment. Learn to distrust everything you see and teach your children to do the same. All right, we'll do it again.